That's right. This week's Sunday School lesson is about the famous trio of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if you haven't listened to that song in some time, and I frankly had not listened to it in a while, the song tells the story much better than I could. So go to iTunes, go to Amazon Music someplace, listen to it. It tells the story very well. But we'll talk about it a little bit this week, and maybe I'll have a couple of insights. But I really recommend that you just take about two and a half, three minutes and listen to an early version of that particular song. Okay, we're back in the book of Daniel. And remember, the book of Daniel takes place about 600 years B.C. during the Babylonian captivity. And it tells the story of Daniel and the three companions here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, people who are Jews who have been lifted by the king and the king's officials to be officials there in Babylon. They're trying to integrate these people into their society. Part of the problem, however, comes when the integration is going to cause these people to have to renounce their heritage, their culture, and worst of all, they're asked to renounce their deity. They're supposed to give up Yahweh. That, of course, is not going to work. And so the story of Daniel, and there's several stories in this book, reward these people for being loyal to Yahweh. Now, some scholars believe that the book of Daniel wasn't actually composed till about three or 400 years after this time period, uh, when the Jews were actually back in the land of Israel. But Israel had been taken over by several other countries in the intervening years, and there was a real movement at one time for some of the rulers of other countries to try to Hellenize or make the Hebrew culture go away and bring in the more dominant Greek culture of the day. And the rabbis, the leaders of those days, really wanted to encourage the people to stay true to their religion, to their culture, to those things. Last week, we looked at the uh, the way that these three men, at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, along with Daniel, had been brought out of the body of the Hebrews. They'd been set aside and given a very special place, sort of like an apprenticeship program for three years. And so the uh, king, Nebuchadnezzar, is using both a carrot and a stick approach. Last week, the carrot didn't work, even though it worked in one sense because they were eating vegetables. But basically, uh, the, the four people were offered a chance to uh, live a sumptuous life, eat the great food from the king's own table. One problem, we talked about it last week, was the food wasn't kosher. And so uh, the, th the four men decided that they would remain loyal to their food laws that they had received from God. This week's lesson is going to be the stick approach, only the stick is going to be on fire, and it's going to be mixed in with a lot of other very hot things. And so Nebuchadnezzar is now going to try punishment rather than reward to bring these people in line. Now, the third chapter of Daniel begins with the king, who obviously has an inferiority complex. There's something going on with this guy. He builds a huge idol of gold, and he demands that everybody bow down to it. Now, I don't know if you saw the uh, recent production of Hamilton that was on television, but one of the highlights of that show to me was the character of King George III. He is shown in that particular light 
as a buffoon. And oftentimes when we have these stories, we have these royal figures, these authority figures, who just make fools of themselves. And we laugh at them for being so silly. Uh, King George III and the uh, Hamilton production. And Nebuchadnezzar comes off almost as a cartoon villain when we read this particular story. To start with, he has this ridiculous idea of building this huge gold idol, and he makes people bow down to worship it. Now, what kind of small-minded, weak ego kind of person would want this to happen? What kind of thing is he compensating for? Who knows from modern psychology standards? But the point is, the guy has some pretty serious problems, and he's making people bow down to this. And he even says uh, that he's going to bring the rulers in from all over the empire. If they don't worship exactly the way he tells them to, he's going to burn them to death. By this time, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, along with Daniel, had been promoted to high positions of authority. They're brought in, at least Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are are brought in. Daniel isn't mentioned in this story. Maybe he was out of town. Maybe he was on a secret mission. The book doesn't tell us why he's not involved, but certainly had he been there, he would not have worshipped this idol. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are brought in. They don't worship the idol. Now, obviously, there are a lot of people who've been brought in from around the area, and Only these three guys are the ones not bowing down when they're told to. Now, we found out last week that God had given them very special blessings, and they had been rewarded by the king by being given great authority. When somebody who's a foreigner is given authority, the natives oftentimes get jealous about that, and that's exactly what happened. And a group of people inside the administration there of the Babylonian Empire are out to try to harm these three. We're going to begin in the third chapter of Daniel today. We're going to begin reading with the eighth verse. This is after the people have been brought in and after these three have not worshipped. And we see that, well, somebody's going to rat on them. Verse 8. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You've issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews among you whom you have set over the affairs of the provinces of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So obviously, he's playing for keeps. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this manner. 
If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you set up. Now this is the real theme of the lesson right here. The Jews, hundreds of years later, are being taught it's better to be a martyr than to turn away from God. Last week, we saw that they were willing to risk themselves over the dietary laws. This particular order to bow down and worship an idol, this goes to the very heart of what it meant to be a Jew. The first great commandment, there is one God, and you will worship no other God. You won't make any golden idols. You won't make any kind of images. This is the heart of their religion. They're being asked to do the worst thing you could ask a Jew to do, and that is to worship somebody other than Yahweh. So for Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, this is a non-starter. We don't even need to tell you about this. This is the core of who we are. We believe that the God we serve is powerful enough to save us. We believe he will save us. But even if God doesn't save us, we are not going to do what you're asking us to do. Our lives, we'll give them up. It's more important for us to be loyal to God than to deny God. It's more important of us to save our souls, who we are, than to save our lives. This is the message that they give to Nebuchadnezzar. And guess what? He's not very happy with that. Verse 19. The Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of his strongest soldiers to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar leaped up to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men who that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, O king. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. So this is the miracle. As Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had predicted, God was able to save them, and God did save them. Then the king looks in, and he sees four figures. Now, the phrase here, the fourth looks like a son of the gods, this would have been the writer of Daniel's way of saying an angel, an angelic figure, a heavenly figure. Uh, some people today have tried to look upon this as a pre-incarnation uh, representation of Jesus, because, again, this angel has the role of being a savior for these three. 
there's nothing to indicate that the writer of the book of Daniel would have had any idea that this could be tied in any way to the messianic message uh, that was also in the Hebrew Bible. But whatever it is, it is a representative of God in there who is protecting them, who is keeping them from being destroyed by the flames, which are, remember, seven times hotter than usual and so hot that they killed the soldiers who were standing outside the furnace, throwing the three Jews into the furnace. So the king sees this. He is amazed. He's, of course, uh, yelling at his own advisors, what happened here? And then he reaches in and he calls out for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to come before him. The satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. So this is not just a miracle of salvation, but a miracle that their clothes aren't even damaged. This is uh, God going the extra mile to prevent any harm, even from coming to the clothes that the three men are wearing. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. So, we go from having him as the cartoon villain to now being the character in the story who gives us the moral of the lesson. He makes a complete 180 turnaround from being the unreasonable king to one who sees the message. He sees the light. He understands how important this is, that their God did save them. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces and their houses will be turned into piles of rubble, for no other god can save in this way. Okay, that's a bit of an overreaction uh, for somebody to commit blasphemy, to have them cut into pieces. This is not something, of course, that God would have sanctioned or would have been okay with, but it just shows you the kind of character that Nebuchadnezzar was. He was hot or cold. He was totally one way or totally the other. Now he switched around, and now he has seen that the God of the Jews is indeed a powerful God. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So a big theme of the book of, of Daniel is that if the people are doing the right thing, if they're obeying the laws of God, God is going to take care of them. And that, this week, is the story of Amen.